Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 19th, and we are on the chapter of John 5. Uh, today we are joined, as always, by Michael uh, Miller over there. I pointed at Daniel for some reason, <laughs> by uh, Daniel Yelverton. <laughs> and we have a special guest today. Uh, Jerry Cook has joined us. She is a friend of mine and Michael's from way back in high school. Whoa, in whoa, ancient I wouldn't times. go that far. Now, come on. <laughs> but um, no. but she, uh, she has an interesting uh, story, and we just wanted to have her on here with us today to share a little bit of that, but also, as we always talk about, we want to get her point of view kind of as we go into this chapter. Um, a lot of these chapters, Jerry, just so you know, we've kind of been through pieces of them in the past, and um, it's always nice to get a fresh take on it and kind of take yeah. us different places, so... I'm pretty sure you probably have something to say. I hope so. <laughs> I think I think I can maybe give some information or insight. Okay, <laughs> awesome. So anyway, um, Jerry, tell us, I guess, a little bit about your current situation, what you do, where you live. Uh, she's home right now, um, and uh, so we're very happy that she can join us. But tell us a little bit about, about what you do, about your life. Yeah, so <clears throat> for the last four years, a little over four years, um, I've been living in Malawi, Africa. And what I get to do there is I get to serve um, God. I get to share the love of Christ with people, but even more so I get to um, love and pour into orphans. Mm. Um, So in Malawi, there are many orphans, and they're orphaned because maybe their parents have passed away through HIV, AIDS. Maybe they're car accidents. Um, Maybe their parents just left. So there are many orphans there. Um, so through U-Turn Ministries, I'm able to experience that and teach them the love of Christ. But our main purpose is to allow God to make them spiritual giants. Um, so nice. we pour into them awesome. the <laughs> Word of God, and we teach them who they are in Christ. Um, so first and foremost, they are created in His image. Um, they are created for a purpose. And God has um, called them and set them apart before their name was even, their mom even knew their name. Um, So what I have found is that many times emotionally, um, people miss what children need, and that's all through the Word of God, Um, Mm. teaching them who they are, not what the world tells them they are, Mm. but who they are through Christ. And um, we have 120 orphans at three different locations. Um, But as we look in Scripture, Jesus doesn't just share the Word of God, um, but he loves them too. Mm -hmm. So he takes care of the physical needs. So at U-Turn Ministries, we're able to feed them. So Monday through Friday, they come, and they eat one meal. Um, It requires the SEMA, because that's what the nationals eat. And we give them a protein and a green every day. And before they go home, they get to take tea. Um, They take bread, and they take tea with milk in it and sugar um, before they go home. And in most cases, especially this time of year, because it's a year of starvation, the children will put the tea in bottles and they'll take their bread home so that they're able to take it and eat it and share it when they get home. Mm-hmm. So explain to everybody what you mean when you say take home. Because when I first started learning this, when you talked about orphans and taking home, I was like, I was confused. So I know it's a, it's a cultural issue about how, how families don't really take care of, um, like, like they take care of their own kids, but explain that for us. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So in many parts of the world, orphans are just left on the streets. Mm-hmm. However, in Malawi, um, the neat thing is, is that somebody will take them in, whether it's a neighbor, a sister, a grandmother, they'll take them in, but they don't care for them. So they may, they'll be the last ones to get food, the last ones to go to school, the last ones to be able to get clothes. 
Um, so what we're able to do is we're able to take these children um, who have a home, have a roof, and we're able to care for them physically by feeding them. If they need to go to the hospital, um, we're able to then take them to the hospital. Um, but what we have found, and this is a praise of what God's doing, is if the orphans are mistreated, um, whether it's by words that are spoken to them or um, by not giving them things that they need, um, then we're able to share the word of God to the the guardians. So what we have found is villages are being changed awesome. and the lives of the orphans are being changed because we're just educating people through the word and ultimately the word changes people. Yeah. Um, so at the beginning, they may get angry at us, um, but we pray before we go and God gives us the scripture and the words to say and then the, the lives are actually changed. Mm. Um, so when I first got there, we are dealing with many things, um, but as the children come to the lighthouse and as we're able to share the word of God in the villages, um, the lives of the orphans are changed. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Jerry, what uh, what brought you to the U- not only U-turn ministries, but just the calling of uh, being a missionary, uh, caring for orphans in Malawi? Uh, that's just an amazing calling. So what, what kind of brought you to this point, or how did God lead you to this point? Yeah, um, I would say number one is prayer and through the Word. So as I began growing in Christ, um, I began realizing that God was calling me to something different. Um, And from the time I was little, I remember watching Compassion International and children on TV that were orphans. And I said, one day I want to go there and I want to help them. I never told anybody. It was just within um, inside of me. And then through my life, I now look back. And God connected Africa to me. Um, (laughs) So when I was in high school, one of my good friends was a missionary in Africa. Her parents just took her our senior year, and she went to Africa. And then when I went to college, um, I went to college at a very small college in Barberville, Kentucky. But my three best friends were Africans. (laughs) Um, So I learned the culture. I learned some of the language and the dress, and I began loving that. Mm Um, and then even outside of college, um, God brought an opportunity where I could be able to be a nanny, um, for missionaries, but it wasn't the right time. Um, so every time God connected that, um, as well as reading through the word of God and God just opened up the doors. He closed doors that I wasn't supposed to be at Mm. and he opened doors and U-Turn Ministries. Um, it was neat. God just connected us, um, with Joe Veal. And he was at our church preaching, and he was there for like two or three months. Yeah, and if you haven't heard Joe preach, uh, go hear Joe preach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he connected me then with Urban Crest, and through that process of training, they just trained me, um, reading the Word of God through prayer and serving. So I would say, if anybody feels led to do anything greater, I would say making sure that they're in the Word of God, praying. And um, serving do. at multiple, mm-hmm. just wherever God is calling you to serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we are happy to have you here with us today. It's awesome to see you. Um, and we're happy that you're able to share that here with us on the podcast as well. Um, if anybody wants to give to the foundation, um, give to you. I don't know if there is a giving to you specifically for the purposes that you have, but um, it, how can they do that if they want to, if they're listening today? Yeah, there's actually a couple different ways. Um, if you feel led to um, sponsor um, children, 
Um, we don't do individual sponsored children. However, um, I believe it takes about thirty dollars um, a month, a dollar a day, to feed a child. Mm. So if you feel led to give to children or give to orphans, um, then you can go to our website and there's actually a button that you would click. And then if you feel led to give to me, because I have to also be given to in order to be there, you can go to the same website. The website is www.uturnmen.org, and that's www.youtournmin.org. Um, and everything is on there. They're, I know they're redoing our website right now, but mm-hmm. it should be up and running um, so that you can give to that. Okay. And 100% of that goes to whatever you decide. Um, so we're a very small organization. So if you want to give to orphans, know that 100% of that goes to the orphans. If you want to give to me, awesome. 100% of that goes to that's me. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I know a lot of organizations in the past have taken flack and people haven't wanted to give because they do keep a percentage for themselves. So that's mm-hmm. awesome that you guys do that. All right. Well, you guys want to get into a conversation here? Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> what have we been doing? I mean, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean. Um, so anyway, uh, like I said, today's chapter is John 5. So this is John 5 from the Dwell app. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up and while I am going another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath, so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, But he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, The son can do nothing of his own accord, 
but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish... The very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent." You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? 
Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Okay, that's John 5 from the Dwell app. Um, Michael, you had mentioned, do you want to go ahead and give us sure. a little bit more context or a little bit of a setup before we get into that? Yeah, today? I have to admit, John is my favorite gospel because I'm weird. Because, you know, you have the synoptic gospels that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they kind of borrow from each other, and they, they tell a very similar story. John is in left field where I like to be, you know? I and like he's, Mark. Uh, Mark, well, Mark's brilliant too because it's kind of the basis. It's the shortest, and it seems like the other guys kind of pull from Mark a lot. So Mark's really solid. But I just like John because it's a real theological book, and I'm a theological dork, you know. But <laughs> he starts off. I mean, with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was no with God, and the Word yeah. was God. No one's arguing. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You know, I, I, I take it, I own it. It is what it is. But no, it's it's an awesome book because he really gets into who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And then we start seeing these miracles. We see, I think in chapter two, we see like left and right limits of Jesus where he, he does this crazy thing that should make us uncomfortable. He turns water into wine. Oh, snap. What do we do with that? That's weird. You know? <laughs> and then on the on the far right side, he's he's scaring people out of the temple. That's kind of scary. That, that's scary, Jesus. You know, that should, that should make us uncomfortable, <laughs> too. In the Spice Girls? <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. The- wow, Brent. Man. You're taking us back, dude. Man. I don't even know I can disembark from that visual image right now, so I'm just going to be silent for a little but bit. The bottom, but the bottom line here is, is, is John is really trying to tell us who Jesus is. And at the end of this gospel, he really is, t- is saying that he's wanting to show us that that, that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the Son of God, and, and he's trying to, to sell us on that and let us know that if we believe in him, we can be saved. So he has an agenda, so he's trying to prove that thesis in this book, and he does a brilliant job doing it. So I, I love this gospel. It's exciting. So, and then, you know, the in chapter 4, we see Jesus and the woman at, at the well in Samaria, and then we roll right into chapter 5. I think that uh, you make a great uh, point, Michael, is that definitely John is different, but John is, I think, creating a lot of visual pictures of of the character and nature of Jesus and uh, who he is. Uh, The uh, John one, you know, in the beginning was the word. Uh, John the Baptist calls the Lamb of God that's going to take away the sins of the world. Uh, uh, Jesus refers to himself as living water, you know, in the previous chapter. Um, He'll refer to himself as the bread of life, you know, in the next chapter. And so, uh, I think what's what's brilliant about what uh, the author John uh, does here in this gospel is that the way that Jesus describes himself and the way that's it's kind of put in here also carries with it attributes. Like so, what Jesus is putting on display when he says, "I'm living water," you know, you'll never go thirsty, right. but and out of you will come a, a spring of living water that will kind of pour out from that. And so the imagery is not only just there just for the sake of making an image, but it also brings so much more theological impact yes. in, in who yes. Jesus is. Yes. And and so I think John is, is I, I agree with you, John is my favorite gospel too. And the like that's something to note when you're reading through the gospel of John is everything that Jesus uses to describe himself and as the author uses to describe uh, Jesus and know and kind of ponder the implications of that. 
What does it mean that Jesus is the bread? Yes. What does it mean that he's the truth? What does it mean that he's living water? What does it mean that he's the way? What does it mean that he's the word? You know, all of these things uh, impact us as the readers as we learn not only that God is or that Jesus is being described this way through John, through the Holy Spirit, but now like take that and, yeah. and bring that as far as uh, application to There's There's us. so much yeah. in such a small space in John, just like that in chapter one. I mean, you could spend a year studying just a few verses there mm-hmm. about about what does it mean to be the word? What yeah. that word logos, logic, reason, yet we're talking words, like what does that mean? Is it talking consciousness? You know, there's so much involved in just how they how John uses single words. And like where you just talked about, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one can come to the Father but through me. Way, truth, life, what? Like there is so much. Mm-hmm. It's it. I, I guess I love it. It's a brilliantly written book. Definitely seeing how it applies to us. As you were talking about, you know, Paul talks about imitate Christ as Christ. Um, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. And we look at that, and we see this book, and we look at all of the ways that he is describing who Jesus is. And as we apply that to our lives, how can we imitate Christ so that when people imitate us, they're imitating the. At Christ, and of course, Man, when we say good. imitate, we can't be Jesus, but we can imitate Him the best that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, so, Jerry, that's for the high five. <laughs> <laughs> and they just high fived. They did. Actually, it wasn't the Actually, air high five that we usually do. <laughs> yeah, usually we'll do like this air high five, and so it's yeah. We have to describe. We have to do like play by play sometimes. Like yeah, Michael, air we forget high five. Can't see us. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love too, man. It just it always like it just really stuck out to me again how much. How, how much Jesus just changed things to where he heals somebody on the Sabbath and they're like, oh, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then that blew their mind. But then on top of that, then he says, I can do what my father does. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. You are calling him your father? Like, I just love the power of what that had to have in the moment for them to be hearing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they just mm-hmm. couldn't accept it because it was so outside of the lines that they had kind of drawn for themselves. So. I just love that it always kind of brings back to me because we in our everyday lives, we're like, oh, yeah, he's the son of God. But to them, to hear somebody say that was sure. outrageous, you know. And I think one of the big uh, conflicts that you see in all the Gospels, and John describes it perfectly when it says that Jesus is basically the, or um, actually it's in, it's in Colossians where it says that Jesus is the invisible image of the, or the visible image of the invisible God, but also uh, John says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen this glory and we've seen and Jesus describes himself as being not only one with the father here, but everything that he does uh, is is from the father. And right. and that is very, very challenging to us, because if we have an issue with Jesus, we have an issue with God. Yes. You know, and so if there's something that Jesus is doing here that rubs us the wrong way, or we think ah, that's a little extreme, <laughs> Jesus, I don't think I'm going to do that. We're really saying, God, I don't want to do that, you know, because Jesus is is basically bringing God to us. He is the one that is revealing, like, the Word. When the Word became flesh, it was all the invisible qualities that God had that we couldn't see became visible through Jesus, just like words take thoughts and put them out into, you know, for people to experience, for people to understand. And so... That's where I think that this is, you see a lot of this conflict coming up between him and the religious leaders is yeah. because he was revealing God to them and they, that was not the God that they thought they were worshiping or the God that they, and so that kind of blew their mind, but it really upset just their um, 
honestly, I mean, if you look at the Pharisees, really, they were just kind of taking advantage of people. They were using religion as a way to, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to throw no, you No, no, it's okay. We were playing this little, <laughs> so we um, just, you guys can't see us. Um, and so we, uh, we added some new things to our amazing little studio here. Uh, we have these little arms that have mics that kind of suspend them and we can't see it. So yeah, like, I mean, like me and Jerry have this thing where we're like, all right, hi, I can see you. Like, what's like, great is, like what's great is I complained <laughs> about it last week. And then Brent's got me set up. I can see everyone. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. It's yeah. perfect. I threw Daniel off because he's in the middle of like expanding on this thought and like he's looking at me through. So it's like these little metal bars and I can see one eye through the bar. So I looked at him through my bars and then threw him off. So I apologize. It's, Sorry for the uh, No, the side no, here. it's all right. And so, but I think that's like... I mean, you saw that. You saw that when Jesus was in the in the temple, like he uh, he upset the sacrificial system because what they were doing is they were taking advantage of people by, uh, they were interfering with people connecting with God, and they were using it for their own personal gain. And and so, uh, and so that's where I think that John is doing a wonderful job of painting a picture of who Jesus is and also revealing to us the fa- to us the Father. And we have to ask the question: Okay. Are, is this who we want to? Is this who we are willing to follow? Are we willing to then go to, like you were saying, Jerry, to imitate Christ? Because this is we're getting a really good image of who Christ is in, in the Gospel of John. Can we back up a little bit and, uh, and talk about the the healing at the at the pool? Because I know Jerry, you were, you were thinking about that earlier. And mm-hmm. she, before, we always talk before we record, and um, Jerry was excited, and I want I want to hear this excitement. <laughs> what were you thinking about with this with this beginning of the chapter about the healing at the pool? Well, I think there's several things at the beginning that shows us who Christ is. Um, so we look, and he goes to the pool, and there's many people. Mm-hmm. There's many people. Yeah. Um, and it says that they're blind, they're lame, and they're um, paralyzed. Um, but we see that Jesus saw one man who had, um, for 38 years, had been weak or disabled Um, The word in my scripture says invalid, but that means weak or disabled. And we look at that, and later on we read in the scripture that it may have been caused by his own sin. So we look in the people of the world that God has created in his image for a purpose, and we see many. How many people do we pass every day? Um, But a lot of times there's that one that God is sending us to. Um, Mm -hmm. Where are our minds? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Jesus was able to pick this one person out. And the first thing he did was he took care of his physical need. He told him to get up and walk. Mm -hmm. And then later on in that same verse, he saw him in the, um, he saw him in the chapel or the, what is it called? The temple. The temple. Sorry. (laughs) Um, He saw him in the temple and he then healed his um, eternal need of sinning Mm -hmm. no more. Mm -hmm. Or it actually said that, um, see, you are well, sin no more, and nothing worse may happen to you. And so we, as we as apply that to our lives and we see who Jesus is. So Jesus first saw the person, and he took care of his physical need, but he later took care of his eternal Man. need. Um, so how often do we do that? How often do we walk into the world and we see, ah, that person is created in God's image. Mm. You know, maybe he's a drunkard. Maybe he's angry and blowing his horn at us or you know, in the store and wanting to run in front of us. Um, But how often do we see that person is created in God's image Mm -hmm. and created for his purpose? Um, But this man, um, he didn't realize what he needed. He didn't realize it. And his eyes weren't open until his sins were forgiven. 
Um, so he saw that he was healed, and then God was able to take care of his, his eternal need, Jesus was, yeah. um, based on the fact that his eyes were opened. What's yeah. funny is, is as, as she talked about that, I never looked at it that way, about how he picked out the one. But this really shows that Jesus practices what he preaches as well, because we just finished Luke, and at the tail end of Luke, we see that a whole chapter, what chapter was that? A whole chapter of, was it 15? But the, but the lost coin, the lost sheep, 15, yeah, the prodigal 15. son. Like, Jesus is practicing what he preaches here. He goes and he, and he, and he finds the one. Mm-hmm. Like he leaves the 99 kind of idea. He goes and he finds the one who 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 was lost that needs him. And I think that's important too that, um, and I'm guilty of this, that we learn so much, we read so, ma- so much, you know, we think, but sometimes I fail at doing. Jesus didn't just teach. He didn't just preach. He did. I mean, this is an example of it. He practiced what he preaches. He, in a sea of people, he finds the one guy that needs him most and, and ministers to that guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, he could have at that moment, you know, got up and, 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 and he ends up preaching, but he could, have, he could have ignored that and just went up and started preaching. But no, he stops, he heals. And he, you know, he practices what he preaches. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Throughout, I think, um, Mark's version, he says that he saw the multitude or saw the people. Um, he had compassion on them, and then he was moved to, to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was in Mark chapter 6, he um, fed the 5,000. But before that, yeah. um, the disciples came to him, and he was, um, they were telling him everything that they had done. And they were very exhausted. They didn't even have time to eat. Um, so they got in the boat to go to a quiet place. Um, but instead, he got out of the boat and saw the multitudes, like they were sheep without a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And he began teaching them. And then later, when it was evening came, when it was dark, he could have just left. But instead, he fed over 5,000 people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we look at Jesus of taking care of the, the physical need and the eternal need of people. How often do we do that Man. Um, when we, we go out? We need to steal Jerry and have her over here more often. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, really good. Seriously. Uh, one of the things that really sticks out to me um, in this uh, little section, too, when Jesus heals the um, the man that's been crippled, uh, is, um, is, is Jesus questioning, asking the man if he wants to be healed. I just feel like that, to me, is really interesting. Like, why, why does Jesus do that? Because you, you see that a lot in the gospel. You see that a lot in the process of, of yeah, him yeah. healing people. Isn't it kind of, wouldn't you feel like that's like a, either like a, a redundant, not a redundant question, but a question that's kind of obvious? Like, do you want to be healed? You know, like, and the guy's been like this for 38 years. You yeah. would think that that would be like, Jesus doesn't even need to ask that question. And so why do you guys think that? Um, well, when I was reading through this, um, I was thinking the same thing. So the first time that I've, I've read this and realized that, but I don't know if it says, but I guarantee that the man's eyes were not up. That man's eyes were on the pool of Mm -hmm. what could heal him. So, um, I think maybe he asked him that to bring his eyes upon Jesus. It was a question, like you said, it was a redundant question. Who wouldn't want to be healed? Um, but instead of the man focusing on the water, which would have healed him, it it was able to take his eyes and put it on Jesus. Um, so maybe by asking that, um, it allowed him to look up and shift his focus. Yeah. Well, and, and it and also again, John does tell stories to show who God is, to show what Jesus is like. And this parallel salvation, you know, Jesus could just simply say, "Hey, without your consent, you're good. I got you." Mm-hmm. But he's a gentleman, <laughs> you know. He, yeah. he asks our consent with his salvation. 
Mm. And and I think this parallel, and like you say, as as you have to look upon the eyes of Jesus, you know, it's a very you can see a very good parallel there. Like in our lives, we're looking at our own salvation, we're looking at our, our fleshly desires, the things that we think will make us happy, the things that we think will is success. Our eyes are cast upon those things, but what Jesus calls us to do through the Spirit is to look upon Him for salvation. Mm. So, and I'm not saying that this is a fake story. This is a real story, but. But I think John chooses this story on purpose to kind of illustrate who God is. And I think who, who God is is displayed in the story, and it's displayed in the story of salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you guys, just because I always feel like the things that stick out to me, I've said before, my, I feel like my purpose on this podcast is partly for people that are new to faith and to understanding the Word of God, um, to kind of take some of these passages that might be a little confusing to people and lay it out for them to understand better. Um, so one that stood out to me today uh, was um, 24, verse 24. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Now, I know a lot of people, there's judgment day for everybody. So what does that mean when he says they will not come to judgment if everyone has a judgment day? Right. Well, I, th- I think the the clear thing here is we're talking heaven, man. We're talking mm. good mm. good stuff versus bad stuff. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you're found in Jesus, um, I think I think one thing that we get confused mm-hmm. is the difference between a judgment and a sentence. Mm-hmm. So yes, we're all going to be judged, but we're all not going to catch a sentence. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying. So I think that that's the difference there is that we're not going to have punishment if if we have accepted Christ as our Savior, yeah. which and, and you will if you haven't. So I think that's the I think that's what he's trying to say here. Yes, we're all going to be judged, but and keep in mind, and I haven't looked up this particular word in, in Greek, but when you start looking at languages, it gets confusing. Sometimes one word, just there's just not a, the right word in English sometimes. Yeah. So I think that's what the this verse is really saying is that, look, if you're found in Jesus, you're good to go. Yes, we're going we're gonna to approach Jesus on the throne. We're going to be judged, but you're not catching a sentence. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense, Jerry? Am I, yeah, it what do does. You think? <laughs> and I would say um, even further than that, that, I mean, we look at John 3.16 that says, God so loved the world. Oh, she went to John 3.16. Um, uh-huh. Boom! <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So yeah. when we believe, um, we have eternal life in Christ Jesus. So that's where the heaven comes in, um, that we have to believe that Jesus died for us. We have to believe that we fall She's short looking at me like God's she's preaching perfect. at me. <laughs> we have to, we, that she's we about fall. to lead me through the sinner's prayer, guys. All right, let's go. <laughs> um, and then once we do, um, we will have eternal life and um, we will not be, we will be casting from death to life. You know, without Jesus, um, there is condemnation. Um, so we have to believe that God loved us so much that he gave Jesus um, for our salvation and for us to have eternal life in him. Mm-hmm. And we look in this world and we see pain and we see suffering mm. and we see all of the things that um, doesn't make us want to live here mm. um, forever. And we have to know that as Revelations tells us that all of that will pass away and one day we'll have eternal life when it's perfect. Um, <clears throat> so when we look at that scripture, um, that's what comes to me. That when we believe in him, mm-hmm. we will have eternal life in a place that none of this will be. It will be perfect, and we will be worshiping him, and there will be no tears, no pain, no suffering. 
Somebody shout amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think what's what's awesome here is that you we get a picture even before Jesus' death and uh, burial and resurrection of um, what 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 basically has come to pass for us who um, who believe in Jesus and have been basically have gone from death to life because Christ took the judgment for us, you know. And there's um, I, it's cool that it says this in verse twenty two for the Father judges no one but has given all judgment to the Son and. I, I don't know. Part of that is like to me is really powerful uh, because Jesus um, lived for 33 years on this earth as almost like a, I feel like there's a way that he relates to humanity. You can yeah. see like there's a way that he responds to humanity as far as like compassion. Uh, he's moved in different ways. Uh, he is uh, seeking out, you know, the, the one that's lost. And so I think that that's it's awesome that our advocate the one that is like right there by the Father, advocating on our behalf. It says that in Romans eight that that He's the one that's walked this with us, yeah. and that He has the authority. Like like God has given Him the authority now to judge. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, and for us in Christ, He's our big brother. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so like that's awesome. That like His love for us is so great, but also that He would do everything to take the judgment and the wrath of the Father so that we didn't have to. Yeah. And and so that is like almost like that's our passing from death to life because he's the one that did all the death to life so that mm-hmm. we could experience that in the moment of salvation, not ju- not have to go through the the penalty and the punishment yeah. of our sin. And and so I think it's just it's this is part of the imagery that John is telling us about about who Jesus Absolutely. is and what he is and now he is the judge and and I love it he's a just judge. Because you talked about like the awful things that we see in this world, and I think it's so hard. Uh, that's one of the, I think, one of the bigger challenges that we can face uh, is just the injustice that we see in the world. Like, how does mm. the problem of evil? We've talked about it before yeah. on the podcast, and um, and Jesus is saying that you know I'm I'm going to be a just judge, and he's walk, and he, but I love it is that his purpose in this this section, his time here on earth, when that we're this window of time that we have Jesus here. Just like you said, John three sixteen, that God loved the world, that He sent His Son, and His Son didn't come to judge the world, mm. you know, but to save the world. That's awesome. So and that I think that also gives us um, confidence in His Word that we don't have to be perfect. You know, we live. Um, people look at Christians, and they maybe some Christians believe or act as if they're perfect, um, and then Jerry, other I'm, times I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. as we're as we're walking this walk or this journey is what i call it is that we don't have to be perfect because we're seen through the the eyes of christ um he took all of that death he took off all all of that judgment um for us and it's just encouragement to say what do you do when you've fallen what do you do um when you've made a mistake or you've done something not glorifying to god um it's just get right with jesus Mm -hmm. um but knowing that he has given us eternal life and having confidence mm-hmm. um, is just amazing. And how often do we thank him for that? Mm. Yeah. So I'm chomping at the bit over here because <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I, I'm hearing is, is all this great stuff that Jesus does. And, and, and I agree. But here's the thing. This chapter really sets up the authority that Jesus has to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... This isn't exactly what this chapter says, but let me let me break it down Barney style because th- I think this is Barney. 
This is the dinosaur. Really, yeah. Okay. Because this is this is <laughs> really important. Yeah. I know. I, like, <laughs> I, I want to explain what, why why I mean what Jesus did real quick in the authority that he has. So this this is the the Cliff Notes version of the gospel, right? Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life, right? And and he claimed that he was God, as we see even in this chapter, right? And then he was beaten, he was punished for us, and he was crucified. Mm-hmm. Which that's bad news at first, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not where the story ends. This is where he gains his authority. Mm-hmm. He raises from the dead like he said he would. Mm-hmm. He proves his claims that he is, in fact, God. He has every right to forgive you of sin mm-hmm. and forgive me of sin. So all these things that we're talking about that Jesus sets up, that, that, that all these benefits that we have, he has the authority. And that's what this, this chapter is talking about. And, and we get to this, uh, see, verse like 28, we'll say, somewhere around in there. No, 20, 27, it starts. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Jesus has has risen and we can rise again too. Jesus has the authority to do so. So I just, I get tickled <laughs> with this because Jesus has the rights and privileges and authority to, to make these decisions on us. He, he can judge or, or not. He can save or not. And he has the right to do so. I just, I love the power we see in this chapter of who Jesus is. Yeah. Well, guys, that's we're at a, about at our time limit now, so we'll go ahead and wrap up here if everybody's good, unless you have anything that's like super on your heart that you need to share. Anybody? Well, you I, just went I through love the gospel. Jesus. Go- <laughs> you just went through the gospel. So <laughs> do you want to add the last part of it, of what people do if they don't know Jesus? If they do I not Jerry know Jesus go as with the, me. Well, I mean, their let's, Lord and Savior, what do you do? <laughs> well, here, I mean, the, the, sad, the sad reality of it is, <laughs> and this is, man, you're making me end on a, on a sad note, Jerry. <laughs> no, this is a good note. <laughs> well, if, if, people, if people die without, without Jesus, so when that's even, bad news. Well, I mean, there, there's, there's, there is hell. There's, there's that, that deal coming, right? Sure. But of course, if you do accept Jesus, then you can live with him eternally. And as as, da- as Daniel, I called you David, as Daniel mentioned, a great thing is that um, even with even with evil and bad things on this earth, when you look at things in the context of eternity, that's beautiful. We have an eternity of bliss. But what were you going to add, Jerry? Yeah, it's actually Romans ten. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not maybe or if, but you will. Mm-hmm. With the heart, one believes and is justified. Is me the and with prayer. the mouth, <laughs> one confesses and saves. So if you don't know Jesus, you just have to call upon him and you have to believe that he died for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, in this kind of going back full circle to, like you said, Michael, about wanting to be healed, like asking for that. Like, I think that there's there's a choice for humanity. There's a choice to uh, to receive what Jesus has done for your behalf and have him cover your, all your sins. And you have his righteousness. It says that in um, 2 Corinthians 5, it says that uh, God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we could have the righteousness of God. So that's the choice. You can choose that. You can choose um, that Jesus, and he will cover all of your sins. And he was the perfect sacrifice. There's no need for the second sacrifice. The sacrificial system is no longer necessary that we see all throughout the Old Testament. And uh, Hebrews talks about he died once and for all. We don't need to have this any more sacrifice. But the alternative is that you pay for your sin. 
And that's and that's good luck with that. And and I and I and that's the sad reality is that. But that's the opportunity because Jesus, uh, just like God, uh, he he blessed us with the ability to choose, and he's a gentleman. And if but if we ask him to cover our sins, he will cover our sins. If not, then we pay for it. Sure. Mm. Jesus is a gentleman. I like. That. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Makes. I feel like he like has like a tux or something like that. You know, like I mean, like he just like he James Bond motif or something like that. Oh, wow. Like you know, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm kind of see sure like he a gentleman. Still wore sandals. Yeah. yeah. He could. Uh, I I agree. Sandals are so Dusty holy. Feet. I yeah. When I get the chance to teach, I'll wear sandals. You know, <laughs> you know guys. This is different for our podcast, but um. And, and we, we don't do this as often at our at our church. We do this more privately, but I just kind of feel like the Holy Spirit leading leading me right now that like if you're listening right now mm-hmm. and you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, you can even right now as you're listening. And I, I joke that Jerry's going to lead us to the, the sinner's prayer, but <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to, you do know you what? wrap up the show I with would love that? to wrap us up in prayer yeah. and, and, and this prayer leads you through the sinner's prayer. And, and if you... And look, I know the sinner's prayer is not a verse in the Bible. I know, but this is the best way we can start this relationship with Jesus. And if you have, as I pray this prayer, pray for others that are listening. Mm-hmm. Pray, for, take this time right now to pray for others that they may hear the gospel, and they may choose Jesus. So, and so also guys, remember, it's not the prayer, like you said, but it's just believing in Jesus. Yes, and um, believing in your heart create you to be justified and calling upon him is the one who saves you. Yeah. Prayer is just a vehicle that we use to get to God. Mm-hmm. It's not the prayer itself doesn't save you. It's the belief. It's, it's the relationship. It's the trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's pray. Yeah. Uh, dear heavenly father, uh, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this podcast. We thank you for friends. And most importantly, we thank you for you. We thank you that, that you did live a perfect life that you did uh, take our punishment and that you can offer us salvation that you because of your sacrifice on the cross you you proved who you are uh, by resurrecting lord you are god and father we believe that we believe that you have every right to forgive sin and that you will if we only ask so dear jesus we ask we call on your name right now jesus save me jesus Fill my entire body with your presence, with your spirit, and change my life. I dedicate my life to you right now. Going forward, I am yours. Lord, make me a new creature. Again, come into my life and save me, dear Jesus. And Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Daniel. Daniel. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. Um... I don't. I'm off today, man. Um, We're gonna wear name tags, right? I know, right? I'm Daniel. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. And I am not Michael. <laughs> yeah. So we'll wrap up with that today. So thank you again, Michael, for that. Um, but guys, thanks for listening to us as always. Um, we hope that this blesses your week um, when we put this out. We hope that it's helping you come closer to God. That's the point that we do this is that you get to know um, who he is through um, the weird conversations that we have about that. We hope that helps you understand <laughs> and that he comes into your life if he isn't already. So um, thank you, Jerry, for joining us again today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're in town, you're more than welcome to come be on this podcast with us we would love to have you absolutely it's been a good time good if anybody wants to follow along with your journey is there a place that they can do that yeah um on facebook Mm -hmm. um it's jerry cook j-e-r-i-c-o-o-k 
Um, and then you can even message me. I can even add you to the email update list. Um, and then I also will leave some cards here and okay. that they can take a card, a prayer card as well. Um, but mostly everything I do is on Facebook. Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll wrap up with that. Um, until next week, you guys take care of each other. Watch out for one another. Love one another and show Jesus to the world through what you do. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.